Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to the latest edition of the Pump Fake. I'm Jared Bailey. That's my friend Eric at home of NFL Media. It's good to see you, buddy. We haven't done anything like this since like Thanksgiving. Is that right? Yeah, I was gonna say. I know I ran Green into bean casserole. times, but what'd you say? The green bean casserole. Oh, that's right. Yes. How could I forget? Yeah, yeah. That's right. I guess it's been that long, man. I mean, I've I think I've seen you a couple times since then, but uh, no time to pod till now, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, we we saw each other in Mobile and Indy, Mobile. so it's, yep. yeah. So it's not like we've been complete strangers, but it's good to see you. How's your yeah. post draft life going? I know that that is a a busy time for for Eric at home. It is, yeah. I mean, like it, it's been good. We had the schedule release too, and you know, I had a couple longer stories to prepare for that, so that was uh, a tense couple days. But yeah, it's been a lot of. Uh, recuperation from draft season which does take a lot out of all of us and so uh haven't done the the full court press on the 24 uh prospects yet but we'll we'll get there after i get a little uh little vacation done and uh we'll start on that route a little r and r uh, away from from football for a little bit um yep. so i think that this is kind of a good time to kind of look ahead on the season to come in terms of teams that will be better than what they were in 2022 teams that'll be taking a step back from what they were in 2022 it happens every year where at least four new playoff teams come which means four playoff teams from the previous year will be gone and i want to start with a team that everybody except me seemingly seems to still be really high on i don't get the hype around the new york giants right now man I don't think they're going to be horrible. I think they'll be a team that's in the wild card race to the end. I did my game by game predictions for every team. I had them at eight and nine, respectable. I just I just don't see them. You know, when, when you pay Daniel Jones forty million dollars, I think that that is strike one in terms of oh, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what were they nine nine and eight, eight? nine and eight last year? I think nine and seven and one or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was you know, I mean terrific season and i mean the schedule really did line up for them that was one yeah. of the things when you looked last season you said to yourself you know they're they're playing a pretty easy slate now granted other nfc's teams were too but i thought with with a better coaching situation motivated daniel jones right. motivated uh, barkley you could you could have a, a a bounce back season i think i predicted seven and ten so you know, seeing them drop to seven and ten this year, or eight and nine, or whatever, wouldn't be a, a complete shock, especially in the East. I mean, Dallas is good, Philly is good. You know, I think Washington is, you know, at least defensively, is is very capable. They beat Washington the is the wild card in all of this because yeah. depending on how good or bad Sam Howell is, they could be four and thirteen and contending to get Drake May or Caleb Williams. They could be a sneaky wild card team and finish like nine and eight. And get that seventh. It all depends on what Sam Howe does. I agree. It, or <laughs> or Brissett, whoever yeah. it may be. I mean, I, I've gotten a sense lately that that maybe the optimism or the the hope that that Howell is going to just take the job is maybe a little premature. And I I don't know. Just talking to a few people around the league, I thought, you know, what do you think? This kid be the one, and but. I think he's going to have to go through a legitimate battle. I really mm-hmm. think that they're going to go through that there. And, and, but yet the receivers certainly can play. Uh, I think they'll have enough juice in the backfield. Offensive line is, you know, a question mark. Tight end is a question mark, but 
I, I really think that it's like you said, if that, if that quarterback position isn't a liability and the defense plays up to the level, I think it can with a resurgent you know, chase young, perhaps I'd be, yeah. a, you know, top 10 group on that side of the ball. And I, I do want to propose this as well, because going into the what, 2022 college football season, everybody pegged Sam Howell as being a top five overall pick. Right. And then he has a little bit of a down year. I mean, but at the same time, all of his good players had gone to the NFL at that point. His numbers take a little bit of a step back, but overall still a fine player. I just don't get why we do this in college and scouting and whatnot, where a guy who played really well sophomore, junior season has, takes a little bit of a step back senior year. And all of a sudden, oh, he's horrible. We don't right. do that at the NFL level. Like if Patrick Mahomes throws like 30 touchdowns next year and, you know, a middle of the pack guy, let's say Jared Goff throws for 32 again, no one in their right mind is going to say, oh, Jared Goff's better than Patrick Mahomes. Why do right. we do that at the college level? Uh, that That's my defense of Sam Howell. He's a guy who's projected to go really high overall. So I, I think he'll be okay. I'm not saying he's going to light the world on fire, but I think right. he could be something for, for Washington. Um in that sense we'll stick yep. with that uh division real quick because the cowboys are also kind of a little bit of a wild card here with kellen moore gone to los angeles mike mccarthy now calling plays i just feel like we've seen this movie before in green bay and how this is going to end as you hear a, apparently a freight train go by my home my goodness <laughs> jesus that was Lord. jerry jones's bus he's coming out <laughs> he heard what you said man he's, he's like beetlejuice if you say cowboys uh, enough times he just appears goodness gracious um, but what are your thoughts on, on the, uh, on the Cowboys right now? Because, you know, they, they're a team that it, it feels like every single year it's like, Oh, this is the Cowboys year, but they fail to get past the divisional round each time around. So yeah. what, uh, what are your thoughts right now on Dallas? Well, right before you called, I was working on them. I'm making the list of the, the teams with the, the fewest question marks or the most complete rosters, I guess is how, how we're phrasing it. But um, they're on the list. They're in the top yeah. 10, in my opinion. There, there's, in my opinion, there's no question about it. I'd be shocked if they didn't make someone else's similar list. So, but the questions are on the offensive side of the ball, in my opinion. I mean, Dak, I don't think can afford to miss another five game stretch. I mean, Cooper Rush was, was, was great, but I don't think we're going to strike lightning twice in the same spot. If that were to yeah. happen again, the running back spot worries me with Pollard coming off an ACL and, and, no true number two. I mean, look, the Deuce Vaughn story could be great, but I don't see him as a, as a, a complimentary guy to Pollard in that respect. So, and from what I've heard, I don't think Zeke is an option to come back. You never know. It could happen, but um, yeah, I mean, one more body there tight end. Maybe they are okay there, but offensive line still didn't exactly figure out who the left guard is going to be. You know, there's just, there are just enough things holding me back, especially after a year when Dak had the interception problems that he did, um, you know, seemingly one or two every game down the stretch that, that I have trouble sort of saying, Oh yeah, this is the year. But at the same time, I can't ignore him. And that defensive group is going to be probably a top five or six unit now, three straight years running. So you know, adding Mozzie Smith to the one position you could have quibbled with was defensive tackle and, and that run defense inside. I, I, I don't see, unless they have a rash of injuries, I'd be shocked if they weren't very good defensively or excellent in that regard. So it's comes down to Dak in the offense again. I know they got Brandon cooks, but you know, it's got to have more than that. I think. Yeah, I was going to say the offense just lacked juice last year. Like outside, outside of CD lamb, what did they have? That was just like that explosive playmaker. They didn't have one. 
Yep. Um, so I think getting Cooks as like the solidified number two guy definitely helps. And then we'll see who they, you know, how, how they go about filling any other needs. Um, sticking in the conference, the NFC North seems to be going through a wind of change um, in terms of their how they'll stack up. The Detroit Lions seem to be the odds on favorite to win that division. I like that. I mean, they were very aggressive in terms of, all right, we recognize our secondary was putrid. Let's go get a bunch of really good free agents and fill in those gaps. They trade away Jeff Okuda, realizing, all right, this probably isn't going to work out too well. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from them. Obviously, the Jameson Williams suspension for the first month and a half will set their offense back a little bit, but yeah. I, I love what they did. Um, I, I know that everybody criticized their draft a lot, but I think that Jameer Gibbs is going to be a good player. I think that yeah. Jack Campbell is going to be a good player. Uh, do they overdraft them? Maybe. Um, but I like what Detroit's doing right now. I like what Chicago's doing right now, too. I think that these are going to be the top two teams in that in that division, and I think that we see a Vikings team that is still rebuilding defensively and saying goodbye to a lot of veterans and a Packers yeah. team that's just a ginormous question mark depending on what they get from Jordan Love. I think that the NFC North might be the most fascinating division in the entire league right now. I agree. One through four. I mean, you, you could certainly at least make a case, uh, even if it's an outside chance or, you know, kind of a long shot for, for every team in the division to, to, to win the division. Um, and you can make a case for almost any of them finishing fourth. I'd be shocked that the lions were a fourth place team, but you yeah. get the point that there's enough variety and different combinations there that you could envision that, you know, no team is is stacked. You know, at at quarterback, like I, we, we obviously have guys like Kirk Cousins, who's a mainstay, and Goff has settled in as that nice tier two kind of quarterback. But um, you know, no superstars right now, at least. Uh, we'll see with Love and Fields. There's at least some promise and excitement there. I mean, I'm I'm with you on the Lions. I, you know, obviously, you know, Campbell fits exactly what they're looking for, but. It was also a position I didn't think they needed a draft. That was just interesting to me. Brian Brandt mm -hmm. feels a need for sure. Um, you know, I thought that that CJ Gardner Johnson was, you know, a, like a, a free piece that they said let's yeah. just get a weapon and figure out what to do with them. And Cameron Sutton was the 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 quarterback, you know, cornerback number one that they probably needed. So. Yeah, I think you could just go down the list. They really checked off a lot of stuff. I thought maybe defensive tackle would be on their shopping list, but hard to believe they won't be improved defensively. And, yeah, I really think it really does just sort of come down to who can complement uh, Amon Ross St. Brown on offense, and, and do they have their tight end now with Sam Laporta. But, yeah, Chicago's going to be an improved team. I'd be shocked if Minnesota came close to their win total from last year, but I'm also not writing them off knowing what they can do in terms of scoring points. Where do you fall in this whole Justin Fields debate thing? Because I feel like there's two camps. Either you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread or you think <laughs> he's going to be god-awful and that the Bears made a huge mistake in taking him. Um, I think that there is a you know perfectly legitimate middle ground where level-minded people can lay <laughs> and say, yeah. hey, he's got a lot of potential, um, but we need to see more of him uh as a passer uh which is certainly you know we can talk about the fact that last year his number one target was equanimia saint brown and that is definitely a point yeah. that is well taken um but at the same time we need to see some growth from him this season i think so too i look i mean i i it's hard not to think that there isn't some kind of redeemable starting quality talent there uh, as if you factor in his passing and his running and i think the, the best case scenario is that they can dial back his his running enough while also still, you know, featuring it as a big part of the offense, but enough where you a protect him and also b 
give him opportunities to throw the balls in in those critical situations. Because really, no matter how any Bears fan wants to to spin this season as like, oh, we could be a surprise contender. Heck, they could be this year's New York Giants for all we know, mm-hmm. right? But I, I think the biggest question that we need answered is with the ammunition they they'll have and the incentive they'll potentially have to draft a quarterback next year is fields our guy and that's what they have to do and uh, you know obviously the biggest thing is dj Moore, but darnell wright could help with that matter too figuring out who the best uh, five are on offense you know i didn't love that their run game theoretically took a step back uh, a little bit there's been some whispers that maybe Khalil Herbert isn't a ideal fit in the minds of the offensive coaches. I think he's a great change up piece, but mm-hmm. you know, that puts a lot more on Dante Foreman. Yeah. And so I don't know, it, it's not a complete unit, but I think there's enough there. Uh, Claypool in his second year, Mooney bouncing back, hopefully. Uh, and then also DJ Moore stepping into that number one role where you say, you come out of this season having a clear picture. We don't have it now, but I would lean more towards he's going to find a way to be successful than he is a flop. I would agree with that. I think that there's definitely more upside than there is downside when it comes to him, especially with somebody of just the capabilities that he has. Uh, And look, we saw what happened when Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. We saw what happened when Jalen Hurts got A.J. Brown. Not to say that, you know, Justin Fields is going to be an immediate MVP candidate, but, you know, there is precedent for, guys of this stature getting a little bit of help and then taking off and showing what they're capable of. I'm excited to see what he can do in Amen. Uh, in year three. Um, yep. Going to from the NFC North to the AFC North, I think this is going to be the most competitive division in football. And a lot of people were in my mentions over the last week because, you know, we always get one or two surprise division winners each year. And I was the, the one who was ballsy enough and courageous enough, Eric, at home, to say that I think that the Steelers will win the AFC North. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't a shock to me that you said that, but please tell me, tell me, let's hear some reasoning. So let me back this up or let me get in front of this by saying, no, I don't think Kenny Pickett is better than Joe Burrow or Lamar okay. Jackson for all Fair the enough. schmucks who have, who have like <laughs> hinted at that. No, obviously he is not, but like, I think like Kirk Cousins was better than Aaron Rodgers <laughs> last year, right? Exactly. Yes. Right. Sorry. I had to throw that in. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But I think that there is a lot of merit to having an elite head coach and a really good defense. And that's what the Steelers have always been. You know, like while, yes, there was a brief era where Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown put up a bunch of points per game, their defense also sucked at that point. That's right. Now, you know, you get Minkovitz Patrick's great, TJ Watt is great. Cam Hayward is still playing really well. They bring in a Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb to kind of sure up that inside linebacker spot. That's been a big question mark for a little bit. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I think he still has one good year of, you know, relatively good starting cornerback left in him. They bring in Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice in the draft, two guys who I really like a lot. And offensively, man, like, I think that what Kenny Pickett can be in this offense with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, they completely redid their offensive line, which looks to be really good this year. Darnell Washington, opposite of Pat Fryermuth. If they just run 12 personnel a bunch, good luck, everybody. Like yeah. Kenny Pickett doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to be Joe Burrow. He can be Jimmy Garoppolo and just not mess things up. And as long as the defense lives up to its potential, you look at their schedule, it is not a difficult schedule, Eric, at home. 
Yeah. I think that they could shock a lot of people. It's not necessarily to say that I think that they are a better roster or a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. It's the fact that they play an easier schedule. They have an elite head coach. They have a good defense. And as long as the quarterback at least takes a step forward and doesn't mess things up, they can be an 11-win team and sneak away with a division title. Well, before I drill down on the Steelers, you make an excellent point. If we pick someone to win 13 games and another team to win 11, it doesn't necessarily mean we believe the 13-team win is a better club or would beat the 11-win team head-to-head. It simply means it's a function of the games they play, and here's how we think it could go, obviously, with a million factors yet to be determined. But still, you're right. I mean, those schedules matter. I remember the, the late great John Clayton. I, I sat next to him on a plane years ago and and I, you know, I asked him, I was like, what 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 do we what do we always overlook? He said, the schedule, my friend. And I'll never forget that. He just always stuck with me. And, and Clayton was right about a lot of stuff. But yeah, I think you're right about the Steelers. Obviously, I did kind of worry about you know some of the losses they had and some of the clearly defined needs. Like, are they gonna be able to check every box off this offseason? But they've done a a pretty good job of it. I mean, look, the draft couldn't have lined up much better with the first four, four or five selections, I thought. And so, you know, you add that plus their, you know, their little tiny tiptoe moves that they make here and there and, uh, you know, still figure like you're going to get uh, some, some bounce back seasons from some of the guys on the roster. I mean, obviously the receivers are fascinating, but you brought up another good point too with the 12 personnel. That's, you know, maybe that's a something that has to be developed a little bit there, but I really felt like this draft class could kind of help be part of a paradigm shift. You know, we yeah. saw Dawson Knox and and uh, and Dar- um, uh, Dalton Kincaid, the pair up there, put together Green Bay drafting two tight ends. You know, other teams taking that same approach. I think twelve personnel is back, baby. It was always my favorite personnel package when you know, I was covering the old Cowboys teams with with Fasano and and uh, Jason Witt and those guys and. Anthony uh, Fasano, yeah. what a shout that I didn't shout to out today. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> my Jersey boy, baby. Yeah, no, I just I love that, and I always felt like it's stress defenses in terms of how are you going to match? You're going to go big and expect run, or are you going to play light and have maybe a, a coverage issue against you know two receivers, a back, and 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 two tight ends? So that, it's just it puts defenses in a bind. If you have the right personnel, that can be special. Yeah, and. And to just continue on the point of, you know, better record not meaning better team. Yeah. In my projections, they would face the Bengals in the wild card round. I think they would lose. And uh, lose, right. Be, I think they would be a one and done. That'd be cool. You know, they get to host a playoff game. They aren't beating the Bengals twice in one year. Yeah. So. And, and like Mike Tomlin, every year, like, it looks like they're going to finish World Live 500 every couple seasons. He pulls them through. They win more games than you'd expect. They were outscored last year. They had a negative point differential. So, another reason to believe it's those, just a good those 38 to three and 35 to three losses to the bills and, and eagles definitely helped that a little bit i'm sure it sure um, did yes <laughs> and that's the thing too man like they were three and seven at one point last year right. and uh, granted the back half of their schedule featured a lot of wins against you know a, a saints team led by andy dalton and a falcons team that wasn't good and a colts team that really wasn't good but the steelers it's not like they were very good either so right. i think that there's a lot to say uh, for you know any Steelers fans that are always constantly calling for the head of Mike Tomlin whenever <laughs> whenever these things these sort of things happen, be able to do that with a rookie quarterback changing quarterbacks mid season. I think that they're you can't say enough about how great he is and 
and what he continues to do. And that's a big reason why I think they can shock a lot of people this year. Um, yeah, hey, if, if Patriots fans can can bitch about Bill Belichick, Steelers fans are going to do the same with Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it's the broken record we love this offseason, every offseason, you know. What do you think about the AFC East, man? Because I don't think that the, the Patriots are going to be anything again. This year. I think it's going to be a rinse and repeat of last season. Their defense plays well. Mac Jones stinks. The offense is the most boring in the NFL. They win seven games, especially in that division. Now that features Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, the Dolphins are going to still be relevant. I'll say that they're going to be a better offense and a better overall team, but their schedule is wicked, man. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they have no breaks in that schedule. I, I really do think Bill O'Brien is going to find ways to streamline things and, and make it, I, I it was shocking. I just would do kind of a brief uh, last week. I was kind of buzzing through some of the team's games just to refamiliarize myself with some of the, you know, picking an early, a midseason game and a late game and watching how putrid they were offensively and, and how much of a lack of design there was and a lack of thought into what they were doing. It, it really stunned me. And I would be shocked if we are, if we are at that point, even with Mac and his limitations, but you're right. It's hard to see with their offensive line being what it is and, and, a, and a, you know, respectable but hardly great receiver group, how they're going to take a major step forward on that side of the ball. And defensively, they just can't afford any drop off whatsoever. No. And they were good. They weren't world beaters. They were very good, but they, you know, they just have so many things facing them. Obviously, the Jets you would theoretically say major improvement at quarterback. Yeah, say, you're, not facing, you're not facing Zach Wilson twice a year anymore. He's going to give you nine interceptions as a gift. That's two wins right there. They've counted on him the last couple of years. It's right. So, you know, Buffalo obviously has turned the tide completely on that, on that rivalry. Uh, Miami has, has gotten the better of them, especially in, in kind of those early season matchups and a couple late ones too, for that matter. But I was going to say, Bill Belichick's never beaten a Tua Tungabailoa led team. Isn't that crazy? And Tua becomes like the running, the goal line running star against the Patriots. One of those funny development, funny odd more than funny considering his head injuries. But still, I mean, it's like I don't. I think he has all like half his rushing touchdowns against New, against New England. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but I, it seems like that. But yeah, I mean, you could make the case that you know the Bills at least patched some holes. The Dolphins theoretically got better with Ramsey and everything else, and. Um, you know, it just it's going to be tough sledding for New England. I don't know what to make. I I know what I make of the Dolphins. I think that they're. Uh, I, I pointed this out on the Irish NFL show with Colin Cronin, and I went on a little bit of a rant. I'm not going to do it this time. I'm just tired of the Mike McDaniel shtick, man. Like it's just annoying <laughs> at this point. Like I I get it. Okay, he's a goof. He's he's weird. That's great, hilarious, and whatnot. Yeah, I think in this division they're still the third best team. But I think that the Jets are roster wise. That defense is still really good. You bring in Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson and the, and those guys. I think that they're still better than Miami. I think Buffalo is easily the best team in the division. I don't know, man. I think that Miami gets a little bit overhyped for you know one year where Tua you know had a you know a respectable season and numbers that made him look better than what he really is. Um, I think we've seen that with a lot of quarterbacks, especially over the last decade. Like Nick Foles had that year where he went twenty-seven and two in terms of his touchdown interceptions. Yeah. yeah. And Josh Freeman had a really good year with the Bucks that uh, one year. Like, I'm not saying Tua is as bad as those guys. I think he's a respectable starting quarterback. But everybody's saying that he belongs in the conversation with Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. I think that they're out of their minds. Yeah, you got me thinking about a maybe a summer feature: the best quarterback seasons by the worst quarterbacks, or something oh, like that. 
I, you know what? I was actually pondering doing. Can we collab on something let's, eventually? Let's do it. Let's make a podcast or something, man. Let's let's do absolutely. With it. Yeah, I, I thought about that because there have been some crazy out of the blue years like that, right? I mean, whether Tua fits into that category or not, I personally think he takes a little too much guff online, but still, I I I completely recognize his limitations and and the fear of what may never become. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. I will say in defense of McDaniel, when he was a nothing assistant coach with the Atlanta Falcons, quick story, went to the Super Bowls the last day of access. You know, he was an assistant on that team. He's sitting at a table in the media room, you know, in the corner where they stick the newspapers and the OJ and all that stuff. And like, you know, nobody was talking to this guy. Nobody probably knew who he was. And I just sort of looked at him and like, okay, he went to Yale. Like there's something about this guy. I just sat down. I had nothing that I had to do that particular day. So I said, Hey, tell me your story. He is that way. Like, is there, does he lean into this thing a little bit? Absolutely. But I think that's legitimately who he is. And and the question is whether players will still embrace him after a tough season, whether that shtick still plays two and three years from now. As for the team though, you, you have to, I, I'm in similar thinking as you. I don't think it's a bad squad at all. I think they're mm. capable of beating some really good teams, but I also think that with the unknowns with Tua, um, kind of the, I guess, the still lingering questions on the offensive line and the defense, which, you know, theoretically should be good. I wouldn't say it would be anything worse than, than solid, but it, it is remains to be seen if it's a top – 12 unit at this point in my opinion so i don't know we'll, we'll see uh oh just uh coming across the wire as we're talking here mason rudolph to the steelers just seeing that as it's happened so yeah just wanted yes. to let you know that, that that's now, that is now official official that he's back in yep. Pittsburgh. but yeah i'm with you i think jets are second best and and could make a run at number one depending on rogers and how that all works but yeah i would rank a bills jets dolphins patriots as we head into you know, the, the cold summer months of no football. All right. I will give you my quick rundown of my projected playoff team from both conferences and you can okay. tell me how, how great I am or how horrible I am. Are you ready? I'm always ready. All right. Bills uh, as the one seed. Yep. Chiefs at two, Jaguars three, Steelers four, and then the wild card being Cincinnati, Jets, Chargers. I am very willing to open discussions about switching the Chargers and the Ravens simply because I think I'm just drinking too much of the Chargers Kool-Aid like I do every year, and then they always inevitably let me down. So if anybody wants to make an argument that the Ravens should take that spot from the Chargers, I will not argue whatsoever. I would probably put the Ravens in that spot. Yeah, I mean, so your new two teams would be the Steelers and the Jets, so I have that right? Steelers and the Jets would be the two new ones in the AFC. Okay, and then you have two more in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, if there's a team that I think could maybe surprise this year, it's the Browns. Um, I could see them, you know, pretty favorable schedule. You assume Deshaun Watson isn't going to be horrible, although I guess there's no guarantee at this point. And um, they seem to have added to the positions where they could, uh, you know, say we're we're pretty bad last year and i think held them back as a team i have the colts as maybe out you know like gunning for the, the playoffs colts had a great draft and could be very fun i i think if richardson gives them anything and the coaching is obviously solidified then then 
you look back at how many games, even as terrible as they were, there were still a handful of games they should have won and did win, you know, and then surprising fashion like the Bills. So I think that if all goes well for the Colts, that could be very similar to when the Ravens switched to Lamar middle of the season and won the AFC North. I'm not saying that they're going to win the South, but I think that especially with Shane Steichen as their head coach, he's going to lean into what Anthony Richardson does well. They drafted really well. They got two of my favorite players in the draft when Julius Brent and Darius Rush. I yep. love what the Colts are doing right now. So I, I love that shout by you. And Denver just as a Sean Payton boost of sorts. Yeah. Like, you know, it was a strange team last year. And yeah, Payton wouldn't shock me by going nine and eight. You know, I mean, I think the, the Vegas line is close to, to eight or nine. So, you know, we'll I mean, under on games. Ben DiNucci starts next season. Oh my gosh. I have a Ben DiNucci one of one rookie card that I'm just like dying. <laughs> when I see a transaction involving Ben DiNucci, I'm like, oh yeah, baby. Here we go. <laughs> this one's cashing in. Mama needs a new fur coat, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm saying probably 12 to 15 is probably the, the high range. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, All right. Maybe. Fair enough. Um <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me go over. Try to go, go straight face. Let me go over to the NFC. Uh, I still have – it's pretty chalk when it comes to the, the top two. I think Eagles 49ers are the definitive top two right now in the NFC. Yeah. Um, the Lions is the three seed. And then in the South, I, I love what the Panthers are doing. I think that they might be a little bit of a shocker and win the South just because that division is really bad. All right. I'll, I'll start at the bottom and work up because I kind of have the Falcons and I, I also recognize their limitations. And I don't it's like we said earlier, it's more schedule and kind of how yeah. it lines up. I like the Falcons um, roster. I don't like their quarterback. I, yeah, I don't think Ritter's anything special. I don't think he's bad. I think he's, sure. he's just he's just eminently replaceable. Yeah. But really, the Saints, I mean, they. Boy, as flawed as they were a year ago, still seven and five. Derek Carr has to give them an improvement. I'd be shocked if it didn't. And to me, of all the schedules I looked at, I thought it theirs had, I wouldn't say it's the easiest, but it's certainly the the most friendly in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um, Even with a couple speed bumps, I think they're going to win games strictly because of who they're playing right now. So, yeah, I mean, if if their defense was, was good, capable last year, if you assume Derek Carr scores them another, you know, 60, 70 points this season, yeah, uh, then I would have to think they win more than seven games and more. They could flip that schedule. They could that record 10 and seven or something. But right. yeah, I think I'm in I'm in agreement with you. I, I I've gathered this sense. I don't know what this means. I was talking to two different people in, in the span of about four days Um one of whom is not a like a conference rival or anything like that. And the lions came up and there was a lot of suspicion thrown out there is like, are we really, I'm paraphrasing here, but are we really elevating them to contender status because of how they played the last eight games? It's a fascinating question. Obviously they looked pretty bad early in the year before a remarkable turnaround almost made the playoffs but as you said, Jamison Williams, that defense has to come together. You know, there's 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 still the role to be figured out for Gibbs. He may not be instant coffee. There's you know, there's still some things that could hang them up a little defensively is certainly the, the biggest thing, I think. But sure. I don't know. I, I'm now I'm doubting my 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 instincts on Detroit <laughs> and wondering whether we're all putting the cart before the horse a little bit. It's just a question, just throwing it out there. 
my wild card teams. The Seahawks are the five. I like what Seattle's doing. I don't think Gene is a long term answer, but I think that he he's proven that he can play respectable enough, and their yep. roster got better. They've got a ton of weapons, so they're the five. I should put Dallas at the six just because of the things you pointed out. They don't have too many question marks, and I think that they. They're still going to get their way into the playoffs just because it's not a, a deep conference. And then my seven seed is the – I think the Bears can do this. I think okay. that Fields takes enough of a step forward where they can win nine games. And defensively, I think they've made a lot of good moves too with bringing in Edwards and Edmonds. Their secondary yeah. is still solid. I think Jaquan Brisker has a lot to offer. Um, I'm liking what they're putting together. And like I said, this is not exactly a, you know, a, a who's who of, uh, of NFC football anymore. It's, it's very thin when it comes to, it's a top heavy conference. I, I would say it is right. You've got the obvious, you know, big ones at the top of the Eagles and, and, uh, and 49ers Cowboys, I guess you could at least say could possibly be in that mix, but there there's probably at least one major flaw or one, one something holding you back with almost every other team. I'm with you on Seattle. I like him. I still think the Rams, they have a really tough schedule. And and I mean, dude, outside still, of their three big stars that they have left, they well, are counting on a, like 50 dudes. Can you name, if I spotted you, Aaron Donald, how many Rams defensive starters could you name? And this isn't like to test your football knowledge. It's to remind it's, everybody um, who the F are these guys? Like, their I, linebacker it's, is Ernest Jones. Ernest, Ernest Jones. Yep. That's right. That is yeah. legitimately the only one I can name. <laughs> I've heard, I heard that Bobby Brown might be starting at one of the end spots. Bobby like, Brown, boys to men. Is that the I right? Know, right. Exactly. We had Wanye <laughs> Morris in the draft and now we got that. So uh, Christian Roseboom is what, a name that I saw. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I don't remember doing a whole lot of scouting with that guy. Uh, you know, Marquise Copeland, I think. I mean, Russ Yeast. Yeast. We're going to put a yeast in this. Sorry. <laughs> But it just can, it just reminds you, like, wow, they have got a lot of unknowns on that side of the ball. I think I can legitimately name six Los Angeles Rams. You got Stafford, Donald <laughs> Cup, the easiest ones, Ernest yeah. Jones, um, Tutu Atwell still there. And I yep. did a feature on Puka Nakua, who I like a lot, and he's now go. in Los Angeles. So yeah. I the six another the, receiver, you know. Yes, get, yes. Uh, those are the six Los Angeles Rams I can name. Um, if you are not a Rams fan and you can name more than if you can name 10 Los Angeles Rams, you deserve some sort of reward. Uh, of Cam Akers, okay, Tyler Cam Akers, yeah, he's still there. Okay, that's seven. Yeah, they Steve Avila was their top draft pick, but yeah, after that, I'm just gonna start making up names and going key and peel on you or something, but um. <laughs> Yeah, right. I just I, I can't see Arizona being anything more than a six win team. I'd be shocked. And they're going to be starting were... David Blau for the majority they're, of their season. It's just it's. It, I'll be excited come draft time. They'll have they'll have all the ammunition in the world. We can talk about the future and speculate whether Kyler is going to be gone next year. I was going to say before we go, do you think that they, if they're in posi- position at the number one overall pick to take Caleb Williams, do you think they take him and pull a Kyler Murray on Kyler Murray and trade him? Wouldn't that be something? They have yeah, to, yeah. I think. I mean, look, I know the dead money is awful, but but We've seen I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's actually after next year, it's not, you know, crippling. But yeah, yeah. It, it would not shock me one bit. I'm also worried about the head coach. I don't think Jonathan Gannon's been off to a great state. He just he gives me the willies. He scares me. Like he just, I, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> around him. I, I can't explain it. And if you're listening, Jonathan, I don't mean this personally. I just feel like there's something that just, like it holds me back with this guy and and so 
I don't know. Maybe he's like the perfect tanking coach or something like that. I would never suggest that a team would ever do that, but uh, they'll be in strong position to, to draft Caleb next year. Yeah. We've got, what is it now? T minus three ish months until the hall of fame, less than three months now until the hall of fame game. So yeah, I mean, geez, we're, wow. we're in, inching closer. Uh, yep. Eric at home. Always enjoy talking to you, my friend. What do you have coming this week on the NFL.com? Got that uh, most complete rosters piece. I'll be submitting it later today. So maybe out tomorrow, I think, or something like that. So either Thursday or Friday, that should come out. And then I'm gone. I'm off the grid for a week. It'll be the first <laughs> time I haven't written anything in a, in a week plus for since uh, probably about the time I got hired. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to a little uh, recharge time. And then, yeah, like you said, minicamps, OTAs. Pretty soon we're, uh, we're, we're back at it again. Are you uh, taking any sort of mini camp, OTA, training camp trips when the time rolls around? Don't know. I was going to try to go down to Indianapolis to check out Anthony Richardson and maybe do something on him. That's been at least tabled to possibly camp, so I don't know if that's going to happen exactly that way. Plus, I like to see when the uh, the joint practices happen. If there's one within driving distance, I try to make it. If I can, either Detroit or Indy or Chicago, obviously, maybe Green Bay. Green Bay, New England is the one I'd heard rumored. I don't know <laughs> if that's going to happen, but – um, yeah, we'll see if there's one fairly close and doable. I'll definitely try it, but probably no big tour this year. I was going to say, well, if you want to take a trip to Latrobe with me, Eric, at home, you are more than welcome to come to St. Vincent College. I've never been. I always want it's on the list. It's one of the few like remaining. It's a good, it's a good camp. Old settings. Yeah, I, wanna, I, I definitely want to get there one of these years and uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll check the music calendar, see if there are any good bands playing by there. Maybe I can make it to go. So. I've been to a very select few within like the tri-state area. I've been to the Steelers. I've been to the Eagles. I've been to uh, Washington. So I mean, I've okay. been, yeah. So that that'll probably be at least at least one trip. It's always good talking to you, buddy. Can't wait to do this more down the road. And a, maybe a a fun podcast about random quarterbacks who had great years. We'll we'll put a put a pin in that. I'll be starting my list tonight. You got it, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.